Well, welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA. It is Thursday afternoon. Now, Brian, not to cut you off, yet. I have not. Yet. I have not. But uh, I have to kick it to our producer, Jackson, for a second. We have a bit of a surprise for uh, my fellow co-hosts. So I don't like surprises. Take it away, take it away Jackson. Oh, you're going to like this surprise. It's good. We actually have a brand new introduction for each of you, Ooh. courtesy of a... New York Knicks legend. Ah. And now it's time to meet today's Hoop Collective. First, from St. Vincent St. Mary's High in Akron and Kent State, please welcome the one, the only, Brian Windhorst. So now you can be officially welcomed. But don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. Next, he attended some boarding school in Maine and then spent many years at North Texas. Ben McMahon! (laughs) Howdy, partners. (laughs) And last, but certainly not least. From Randolph Central School and St. Bonaventure University, Tim Bontemps! Now you can grace the embrace of the garden crowd. <laughs> oh, man, that was a surprise. <laughs> so man. Mike Walchewski, as I've said before, legendary Knicks PA announcer, legendarily good dude, is a fan of the pod. And Jackson had the idea of having him do intros for us. So I asked him a couple weeks ago, and he immediately said he'd be very happy to do that. And... In typical New York style, he took some liberties and had some fun, particularly with McVans. Um, and uh, we have a couple other things during the show that he did for us too that we'll have later on. But Mike is the best, so thank you very much, Mike. It was awesome. truly a it was truly a surprise for me. I noticed, um, uh, uh, McMahon, that Bontemps might have had a say here because he arranged for himself to be introduced last, like he was Michael Jordan. No, yeah. I didn't. I didn't do yeah. that. I, I, I question that. Also, I think we have a new, the hoop collective record for the fastest Bontemps interruption. Um, <laughs> Well, see, Jackson, we never thought when, ja- get, well, listen, when Jackson and I, when Jackson and I were talking about how we we're going to set this up, Jackson's like, I'll say something. I said, no, 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 I'll say something. So then these guys will get annoyed at me for interrupting before they get the surprise. So Bontemps just interrupted my little discussion about his interruption. So um, there you go. This one was a worthy interruption. I'll give you that Bontemps. He just didn't want me to have the record for the earliest interruption. That's what it was. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, Bontemps doesn't even believe in pardoning his interruption. He just interrupts. He doesn't even worry <laughs> about true. that. It's true. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much, Mike. Uh, I don't know. I'm hoping to go to the garden this weekend. I'll go to the garden this weekend if Kent State wins tomorrow night in Albany. I guess tonight, Friday night in Albany. I'm going to McMahon. I'm going to New York tomorrow, and Bontemps is going to drive Today, me up. Right, Friday. Bontemps is going to drive me up to Albany and we're going to first, we're going to watch Drake play University of Miami mm-hmm. where I'm going to root for Drake. Okay. He's a and, uh, yeah, love, love him. Um, and then, uh, if Kent wins, I'm packing for three days, but I have a flight home on Saturday. So I'm being responsible. Um, but if the flashes upset the Hoosiers, which, 
I was there in 2001 in San Diego when, as a 13 seed, Kent State upset number four seed in Indiana. Uh, I've seen it before. Um, I'm going to go on on Saturday for the Nuggets at the Garden, playing at the Knicks um, in in on Saturday afternoon. And I'm not. Sh- I I obviously want to go to that game because it would have meant that Kent State would have won. And my guy, Rob Senderoff, Kent State's head coach, would have uh, celebrated his first NCAA tournament Oh, I thought you wanted to go coach. to the game because you never get to watch the Nuggets play. That's true. I, I don't even know what Nikola Jokic looks like. It'll be great to see him and to see him for the first time. Um, but I also kind of want to check in on the Nuggets, mm-hmm. who are uh, – now they are playing at Detroit on <laughs> Thursday night. So I don't know if their losing streak will be over. Um, they are in the midst of a five-game road trip, which has not started out well. Uh, they lost in Toronto uh, earlier this week where the Raptors put up 125 on them, and I felt like they could have maybe put up 140. Um, the, the thing about the Nuggets, their uh, defense was kind of middle of the pack. I think uh, when I wrote about them about a week ago or so mm-hmm. about their superior clutch play, I looked up all their defensive numbers. And they ranked 12th at the time. Um, that's that's not great, but it's pretty good. And also, when you get into defensive rankings, <clears throat> you know the difference between the team in eighth place and the team in 15th is usually negligible. Um, it's sort of like, are you at are you at the top, in the middle, or at the bottom? Basically, and the Nuggets are in the middle. Um, historically, that doesn't necessarily bode well. For a long playoff run, typically the teams that make the finals are the best defensive teams. Last year, for example, um, the Warriors and Celtics were the top two of the top defensive teams in the league. Um, but their defense has fallen off a cliff. And look, they had a, a cushion. I think they were up at one point on the Grizzlies by seven games in the loss column. Um, so it's not the end of the world. Teams lose on the road. But Bontemps, um, four-game losing streak heading into this game in Detroit, which I would hope they would win, but I don't know. Uh, their defense has totally fallen off the cliff. They've given up over 120 points, three consecutive games. And I think more interestingly, um, with Joel Embiid dominating nightly, had another uh, great performance on Wednesday night in Cleveland in a win there. Um, Jokic's MVP status may have been shaky in the Nuggets' status is contender is being questioned a little bit right now yeah i mean we have a story leading our website right now that in vegas the odds have basically flipped and Embiid is now an even money favorite to be mvp of the league um you know we'll see what happens in the next straw poll in a couple of weeks um we'll also see what happens when denver hosts milwaukee on saturday the 25th and then philly on Monday, the 27th, two games I'll be at. We'll see how those games go. Joel will be the first to tell you that he thinks he didn't win MVP last season because Philly lost to Denver and Milwaukee late in the regular season um, in either back-to-back games or games I don't think shortly that's after true. each other. I'm not saying it's true. true. I'm not saying it's necessarily true either, but that's his belief personally. And, you know, he's going to get a chance in a marquee national TV game not up against the NCAA tournament to go head to head with Jokic. And if he has a game like he did in January and they win on the road in Denver, you know, he's going to give himself a real shot to win the MVP award. He's waited a couple of years to win. And to your point about the nuggets, you know, this stretch, yes, they've had, they have a cushion. They were way ahead. They're now, I think three games ahead of Memphis 
uh, three or four games ahead of Memphis in the last column in the Western Conference. But if you look at the issues they've had, in particular on the defensive end of the court, we've talked about it a bunch on the pod throughout the year. That's really the place where you look at this team and you wonder when they get in a playoff series and people are attacking Nikola Jokic over and over and over again, how are they going to hold up? And the fact that they're giving up 49 points in the first quarter to a Toronto Raptors team that can't score on anyone and is struggling to score all the time. um, That, that just tells you that they're not in a very good place right now. And it just reinforces what we've talked about before on the pod, which is that in these playoffs in the West, with how bad the West is this year, there are no excuses for Denver. And if they can't get through the West this year, you have to question if this team's ever going to be able to Mm -hmm. do it. And you have to question what a team with Nikola Jokic's ceiling is as a real championship contending team. Yeah, I I don't want to overreact to a bad stretch in March for a team that's basically locked up the number one seed, but it's not like they don't have anything to play for. Like, if you get to the finals, you don't want to be able to have home court advantage in that series. Like, that's out that's out there. Um, you know, Michael Malone, obviously exasperated, talking about I'm going to find some guys that are ready to fight with me because right now we're just in chill mode. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how they respond to that. But I definitely think that uh, the commanding lead that Nikola Jokic had in this MVP race has disappeared. And and look, like he, this guy's had like 37-point triple doubles in games that they've lost during this streak, which is fine. Um, but I, I do go back to like, he has to convincingly win the MVP to get a third straight MVP, given the historical context of that, you know, the lack of playoff success, this thing that Bucks fans keep bitching about that I said a few years ago, it still applies, but for, you know, two thirds of the season, I just couldn't come up with a, a, any justification to, and I, I don't even have a damn vote first of all. So shut up, but, um, I could, you might get one this year. This might be the year. No, I had one, one year. And apparently they thought my ballot sucked cause they didn't give me one since then. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, anyways, it, it like you have, he has to win in convincing fashion and like when Mike Malone earlier this year said, if your only reason not to give him the MVP is because you don't want to give him a third straight, you need to find another reason. Well, we're finding other reasons. And it's not just the Nuggets fading. It's the fact that Embiid has been unbelievable. You know, Giannis and the Bucks have been, you know, the best team in the league throughout the course of the season. Giannis is, is putting up bonkers numbers. Um, but I, I, I do think like, look, the tie goes to the guy who has been right there in the race the last couple of years and, and doesn't have one. Um, and, and you know, Embiid, I do think the fact that he dominated and in, in, uh, in the head-to-head matchup, you know, Jackson just posted the numbers in the chat here, 47-18-5. and Jokic had 24 Yeah, I mean, just a dominant performance. If he has another dominant performance and they're able to beat the Nuggets, I, I think that you have to consider him the clear front runner at that point. And honestly, it might get to a point where you're like, is it is is it Embiid or Giannis and, and Jokic could be third, which 
the analytics arguments always going to be for Jokic, but if it was just as simple as that, then we wouldn't need MVP voters because you could just punch numbers into a computer and, and spit out the winner every year. Yeah, to your point, McMahon, what have what have we talked about since the start of the season, right? People are going to be looking for a reason not to give Nikola Jokic a third MVP award. And Which like you said, fair. well, but it's also just the reality of the situation. When it, there's a reason people haven't won three in a row, when Jordan won two in a row, LeBron won two in a row, Steph won two in a row, Giannis won two in a row. All these guys didn't win a third in a row for some reason, right? Mm-hmm. People at some point were looking for reasons to vote for other people. Well, again, whether it's fair or not is irrelevant. That's just the nature of how this goes. So as McMahon correctly said, he was going to have to win in convincing fashion. What the last couple of weeks have done is removed the yeah. convincing fashion and they've turned it into a toss up and he's not going to win a toss up. So mm-hmm. he's going to have to win, in my opinion, a convincing race at the end. Now, if they play Milwaukee and Philly and he has triple doubles and they yep. win both games and he plays great, that could be enough to push it over the line. But I, you know, from where this was a month ago, the reaction I had when Jokic had such a big lead in the second straw poll was that it was going to snap back because people I got the only comment I heard about that poll was I can't believe Jokic had that many first place right. votes. People thought he'd be in first. People didn't think he'd be that far ahead. And so I, I thought agree. there was going to be some snapping back. And then would you put it, combine it with the way Denver has played after the Ulster break, which is terrible. You combine it with the fact that since this January 1st, the Bucks are 22 and two when Giannis plays. When you combine it with the fact that Embiid is leading the league in scoring for the second year in a row, shooting like 57% from the field and dominating on a nightly basis. Like, yeah, this thing has come right down to it. And it's to me a, a, a wide open three horse race with what twenty five days left in the season. Let me well, ask you this: I was going to say our guy Spears has Darren Fox. <laughs> well, Darren Fox has got hey. another award locked up and sewn up beyond hey. recognition. So Spears, Spears has they just installed a beam at his house. <laughs> <laughs> Spears when he when he when he submits his ballot. He's going to submit it on purple colored paper. Just he's got a purple Spears envelope. Spears gets to do every Spears gets to do every victory lap he wants he after making that prediction. He, uh, he yeah. was and on a limb by himself, and he was right. Uh, he's got Fox, Sabonis, Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> he's got Keegan Murray, uh, rookie of the year. Um, yeah, they're going to get Mike Brown as coach of the year and De'Aaron Fox for the true. new clutch player of the year. So they they'll hey, get a couple of awards for sure. And we'll get back on track real quick, but. Fox All-NBA absolutely has a case, as does Sabonis. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled program. The, uh, the the game winner that Fox hit on Wednesday night was very impressive. It, uh, it, it was, almost it looked was like effing it was out nice. Of it was effing nice, as he said. <laughs> that was a great line. That was a great line by him. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, two things I want to say about, about this MVP. Before this four-game losing streak, which, again, might be over by the time this pod comes out, the Nuggets had one eight out of nine. It, they just they've hit they they've hit a bump when Giannis and and Embiid also are playing their best basketball. Secondly, I voted for Giannis in the second straw poll, and while you guys know how I feel about Embiid, I voted for him last year. I wanted to vote for him two years ago. We also know how you um, feel about Joker, but go on. Uh, <laughs> you don't. I'm not taking that. I'm bit. just saying. Go. Keep talking. When you when you vote for a guy for MVP, how can you feel? You have to feel great about it. Self self loathing. Um, you guys know how I feel about Embiid. Uh, 
I see no, why should I have changed my why should I change my vote at this point? I had Giannis for a reason, and he's only getting stronger in my eyes. So, you know, I, I'm recognizing what Joel's doing. I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. I, I watched almost the entire Cavs Sixers game. And Evan Mobley, he had to start because Jared Allen is out with an eye injury for the Cavs. And Evan Mobley worked really, really hard in that game. And he couldn't contain the bull. <laughs> no. Just, like, like Listen, no prayer. There, there, he had no prayer of doing it. <laughs> no, the prayer was that they would not reverse his sixth foul with four minutes and change left, which I, I saw J.B. Bickerstaff was not real pleased with that review. Um, that that was the only prayer. Like, get get him beat off the floor. Too big, too strong. That's exactly too right. Skilled. That was your only prayer was to get him disqualified. It was a controversial call if you saw it. Um, I mean, it Embiid, was a charge. He he put his shoulder. In the I thought it. Chest. I thought it was a. I thought it was a flop. That it was both. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Look, I I was fine with an overturn. I would have been fine with it staying. I thought it was a borderline call. Beck, I was he didn't really put his arm out very much at all. Evan Mobley was certainly very ready to go flying into the stanchion <laughs> to get the sixth foul. I, I will say this. If Embiid puts his shoulder in your chest, you're going to go flying in the stanchion too, whether you're oh, flopping or not. I'd go out of the I'd go out of the and, damn and, building if he well, did me. And and Mobley, hell of a player, not exactly a uh, you know, a, a a brick wall physique there. No. No. No, well, it, but, and it's the same reason why Jared Allen has always gotten killed whenever he's played mm-hmm. against a beat. Jared Allen's a great player. He does not have the size to contain Joel Embiid and gets run over just about every time they play. Well, everybody and gets killed say, by Embiid. The people who <laughs> do have the size don't have the mobility, right? The I'm guys just, leading the league in scoring. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Right. Um, I'm just saying, Jared Allen in particular has been on the short end of that matchup a bunch, because especially because they've been in the same division for a while and had to play many, many times. Yeah, that's and the true. scoring race is... I'm not saying it's over, but it's a half point lead. We'll see. I don't. I don't know when Luke is coming back. Uh, I think Embiid's at this point. It's a half point lead with however many games it is to go. Whatever, fifteen, seventeen, whatever it is. It's, that's a pretty comfortable lead. McMahon. Yeah, by the way, if Brian votes for Giannis, he's going to have less games played, most likely than Ooh. Embiid. Well, listen, that? we know we know about Wendy. That? Hey, we know Wendy. He loves some load managing, baby. <laughs> loves it. Yeah. Well, it's not load managing. It's, you know, oh my God, the guy sprained his ankle. So everything he did for the last four months is ruled in power. Um, by the way, you were, uh, McMahon, you're in San Antonio. The Mavericks were there last night. Um, no Kyrie, no Luca again, although they handled the mighty Spurs. Oh um, boy. I, listen, you probably didn't watch the last couple minutes or the last minute of regulation. I didn't watch a minute. Okay, so. thank God for you because my eyeballs are <laughs> aching. This was it was it was truly um, awful, <laughs> dude. This was the worst G League game I've ever watched in my entire life. It was just a total debacle. Excuse me, sir. St. Vincent St. Mary's own Malachi Branham had twenty points in that game. So oh, I, didn't, I didn't realize that he was he was uh, one of yours. Okay, my bad. Oh yes, I mean we send guys to the NBA. What do you want? Well, usually your NBA players, you're you're pumping up when they're freshmen in high school. So I didn't, you know, I you know a lot about it about him from you. St. Vincent, St. Mary's current star is headed to Kent State next year. Okay, you've, so. you've, you've slipped over the last 25 years. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know if there was an update on when uh, Luca and Kyrie might actually play. So they're practicing today in LA. We'll we'll see. But Kyrie 
you know, we talked to him after shoot around. He basically said, eh, you know, this is, this is going to take longer than I thought. No, no. He had a great quote this week <laughs> when he was talking about his sore foot. He said, I, how did he exactly say it? Hold uh, on. Let me, <laughs> it was, it was, I, I don't want to misquote. I don't want to misquote. So let me. Yeah. Okay. Bon temps, you know that he's on, he's on Kyrie's good side. So he, he wants certainly to make sure everything, everything. Got to make sure it's all there. buttoned up. Listen, I'm just, I'm just an accurate reporter. That's all, you know, me. I've never been one to. Bob McMahon, Bob McMahon's looking this up. Just an absolutely abysmal loss for the Lakers. In oh Houston my. Wednesday, setting up this game. No Anthony speaking Davis. Of, yeah, speaking of load rockets. Okay, here here's the quote that I think that uh, I don't know. <laughs> there's a couple ones. The one I think that you're referring to is when he said, "I just want to take precautionary," and he meant measures. I just want to take precautionary measures at this point in the season. I make my whole entire living with my feet, so I'd rather take care of it now than when I'm 40 years old. Or you might be referring to, "We'd love to be out there." including myself. No, I was like, he was like, like, you know, it's important. You know, I make my living with my feet. Yes. You know, like, yeah, I, the, every NBA player makes their living with their feet. <laughs> it's yeah. important feet, are, feet are pretty important for everybody. So here. they're hoping. And by the time this comes out, there'll be more news. They're hoping those guys are both able to practice today in LA. Um, I was told by, by, you know, one person that they they weren't real optimistic about, having them Friday uh, against the Lakers, which is a big, big game. But we shall see. Luca apparently did a two-a-day on Tuesday and was pretty sore the next day. So uh, with that thigh. So we'll see how uh, we'll see how things develop. But I mean, dude, they had to Luca, Luca, his living, his thighs are his living. <laughs> yes, 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 very much so. I asked, I had a, I did have an exclusive with Luke after shoot round. I said, Hey, Luke, how you doing? He said, Good. And you? I said, Good. How, how's the thigh? He said, Good. So, and you? <laughs> you can, he didn't care about my thigh. You can only oh. get that kind of report right here on the Hoop Collective. <laughs> he cared about your thigh as much as John Wall cared about your back when he ran you over. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, the Lakers on uh, Wednesday night, Anthony Davis was out. He was declared out before the game. Um, look, I don't know whose decision it was. I, I, you know, that's one thing that happens when players are ruled out for, for load management. Um, sometimes it's a team saying we're taking it out of your hands. And I think, you know, not to put words in Darvin Ham's mouth, but I think the reality, they're worried about Anthony Davis's foot. And if, they, if he, yeah. if he goes too hard on the foot and it hurts the foot, then this whole thing is off. Yeah. I mean, Darvin, Darvin said after the game, they won Tuesday and he said, you know, I believe he called it an active injury still said he's not playing with something that's bothering him, but that they are being precautionary with it and they don't want to have him play in back to backs, which you can understand. You also would like to think that with the vaunted new supporting cast that a certain co-host of ours, uh, McMahon went on and on about earlier in the week, and I about stand how by great it. it was, by the way, I think they'd be able to go win against the Houston Rockets in a game, but can I just note something real quick? Wendy ain't the co-host. We are well, guests. Host. We are regular right. guests on Wendy's. Well, you're pod. not. A, you're not. You're so something more than a guest. But... Check. Check yourself, Bomb Timps. You ain't sure. all that. Fair enough. One of the other. What are the the other I'm person the on the pod guest. with us today about that? Yeah, <laughs> what I said was they have a top six roster in the Western Conference. Well, they don't. The a and B. If they did, they would have won the game yesterday. But they don't. So well, that's right. It wasn't Austin Reeves' fault. Listen, Austin Reeves. As, is, 
<laughs> if, if, if Austin Reeves was playing for the Kings, Spears would be calling for him to make All-NBA. That's how good he's been playing recently. He is. It's Kevin Herter. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, they, you know, the thing about uh, um, D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley is that they are high variance players. You know, Beasley couldn't couldn't miss on Tuesday, and he couldn't hit anything on Wednesday, and that is who Malik Beasley is. Yeah, and that is who D'Angelo Russell is. So, if you don't have the stability of having Anthony Davis or LeBron in the lineup, and you're relying on those two guys, you're going to have egg on your face. By the way, the Rockets are also playing better. Oh, um, I was going to say, can Wendy get some Rockets praise? Well, those ears are yeah. perking up down there in Clutch City. No, they they definitely have been playing better. Uh, Jabari Smith. Uh, junior has been playing better. He wasn't great on Wednesday. He's been very good um, recently. Exactly what you'd want to see from a, from yeah. a rookie uh, improving down the stretch. They got Shengun back uh, for this game, which was a big factor because Beat the he's Celtics a quality the other player. Day. And yeah, you know, look, I mean, again, uh, Kevin Porter and Jalen Green are high variance players. And in this mm-hmm. particular game, Kevin Porter, um, he had a very, very strange flagrant foul in the final second of the game, which I can't quite explain what happened there. Uh, but uh, he had a very, very good game. He went 11 to 16 shooting. Um, but from what I've heard on LeBron is that he is not close. That was what I was told, not close. Does that mean he's out for six months? No. Does, Does it mean is he, is he, will he return in the coming weeks? <laughs> he will return in the coming weeks. Like cat, thank, thanks for that update, guys. He'll be back yeah. at some point someday. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, the, the te- <laughs> these teams have now. We had the the Bulls recently did an update on Javante Green, where they essentially said the same thing. We're like, Javante Green is still alive. He'll be back at some point. Like uh, these non-update what, what updates is, are getting. Tiresome. What is the update on Lonzo? They're getting Ball? tiresome. Are you you're worn out by him, Von Timms? You got I just life. I just I would just like I would just, if you're gonna put out an update, like why even bother to put out an update about Carl Towns? It says he's alive and he's going to play someday like say he's doing something otherwise just yeah here we're just let, wait. let me we're kind of bouncing all over the place but let me just read the that's because our host um, has lost control that's true i've lost control like a team lost control of their star um towns is this is the official update from the wolves that came out yesterday towns is continuing to progress in his rehabilitation program and has been participating in basketball activities okay that doesn't say anything but okay he is expected to return in the coming weeks and further updates will be made available or he further updates to his playing status will be provided when available there ain't that many weeks to come in this season i i know but so anyway lebron is not close to returning from what i am told Mm. um i know that everybody said the three weeks but i think it was very clear Three weeks is when he's going to get an official reevaluation. Right. It didn't mean he was coming back in three weeks. I know that LeBron has played through injuries in the past. I'm not 100% sure if this is an injury you can play through. I remember a couple of years ago when he had that nasty high ankle sprain when Solomon Hill rolled up on him from behind and basically was a wrecking ball to that Lakers season. And he came back for the playoffs and was nowhere near himself. And then basically admitted afterwards that like he shouldn't have been playing and then completely shut down for the whole summer. And uh, just to get that ankle, right. I wouldn't rule out that he couldn't limp back in there for the playoffs like he did yeah. there, but he wasn't himself. So um, I don't know what the Lakers can count on, but I do know that um, if, 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 you know, the difference between one game in and out could be the difference between being 11th 
and being sixth. I mean, um, sorry, the difference between 11th and 10th or the difference between being ninth and sixth. That's how tight this yeah. is. Forget ninth and sixth. How about ninth and eighth? And you go from having to win one out of two games to winning two games Great to get point. in. Like- Great point. Great point. And so you lose a game to the Rockets. I know it's second night of a back-to-back. AD doesn't play, but that's a, that's really rough. And now McMahon is saying that Luca doesn't look great for Luca for the game on Friday, and AD should be back for that. That now becomes a game you've got to have. I don't yeah. care if Kyrie does play. You've got to beat the Mavericks at home without Luca. You just well, got and, to. And, and again, that there's nothing certain on that. I was just, I didn't. No, get I, know. A, I don't. Want, I know you don't want to get aggregated. Vibe. Right. I just, I didn't get a real optimistic vibe on him or Kyrie. They're still calling them day to day. So, okay. We'll I mean, heck, even if they do come back, those guys haven't played in a while. Like, you know, this is what well, all, they haven't played about. in a while and they didn't win a lot when they were both on the floor. Like, let's not right. act like, hey, all the problems are solved because Luke and Kyrie are back and they still can't stop anybody. And, you know, it's the, well, it goes back to what Brian's been talking about for a while, right? And that the start of the season, the Lakers put themselves in a hole and they've been digging out of it ever since. And when you do that, this is, these are the kind of games that they're magnified. If you're Denver and you have a cushion, you can lose some games because it doesn't really matter. But if you're in the middle of this morass at the bottom, every game is magnified, good or bad. And, you know, that's the case when you're losing games you should win, like this game in Houston. Morass is a yeah. hell of a word. That's a good <laughs> word. I have some words. So the, Laker, the Lakers are back. They were tied for seventh like 15 minutes ago. Now they're back in, as of now, back in 10th. Um, and you know, they have this loss to Houston, which, you know, I don't want to say it was just all their fault. Houston did do some things positive and, you know, they lost that game. Wendy says through gritted teeth, (laughs) they lost that game to the Knicks last Sunday, which I mean, the Knicks took it. It was a good win for them, but considering the circumstances, I thought the Lakers, they had a chance in that game to, uh, another game. Knicks didn't have Jalen Brunson. Had been second night of a back to back, had been struggling. Like that's a game they needed to right. win at home. So, so you know, you win both of those. The we're talking about basically being in a tie with Golden State for sixth. You win, you just split them. You win one of the two of them, and you're in seventh. Um, and instead they're in tenth. And those types of little things, like I know that a game in March doesn't count any different than a game in November, but when they have this team, that's mm-hmm. better. Like they, they have to cash it in. All right. Bon temps. You have some trivia for us. Oh, yes. More hoop collective podcast after this. Vivid seats wants you to get to the games. You love this spring experience, every pitch assist and game winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11 ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. 
Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. And now to present today's trivia question, the whiz of the quiz, Tim Bonteps. I do have trivia, courtesy of our guy Stats Williams. Um, over the past, uh, you know, we obviously spent time before talking about the MVP race and where it stands, and in referencing that game between the Nuggets and Sixers in a couple weeks, talked about how Joel Embiid had a huge game back in January, scored 47 points. There's only been two times in the last 50 years since the merger that the top two team, the top two guys finished an MVP have played against each other. And one of them has scored 50 in a game. Which two guys are they? Oh my God. What? That's the most damn confusing question ever. I mean, it's, 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 it's based. I mean, you're asking us to remember a single individual regular season. Well, game. I'll give you, I'll give you, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you the years. The one year, the, the one year is going to be easy. 2017. So we're the you top act, two guys in MVP that year. You act like I remember MVP. Well, that 20, like 2017, that. 2017 Westbrook. was five years. That's right. Harden okay. Westbrook. So Harden scored 49. Or Westbrook scored 49 and won MVP. And then the other was 1988. So Jordan, like Jordan. Jordan, I guess. Jordan Jordan scored 50. Larry Bird. Larry Bird was second. There you go. Oh, wow. Damn. Wendy with a clean sweep. Guys, it's Wendy. all about confidence. Well, I, he held my hand now. all the way through that one. I mean, if I, if I didn't McMahon, have McMahon years, couldn't remember that. 2017, let alone Listen, 1988. Bro, I don't so. remember two weeks ago. I'm getting old. <laughs> Um, so, all right. You talked about the 76ers. I want to talk about the 76ers, um, next week because, uh, they have a road trip that is not only going to potentially define where their seed will be. It'll define, I think a good chance of where Embiid's MVP status will be. And by the way, Embiid is one, we all agree. The Eastern conference is the superior conference. He has won Eastern Conference Player of the Month, back-to-back months, January, February, and he's just won Player of the Week, and he's already off to a good start to win Player of the Week again. Um, so they they play in, in Charlotte. Uh, they started this road trip. Um, well, they, it's, a, it's a sort of a, a stretch on the road. They play one home game. They started in Cleveland. They win in Cleveland convincingly. Um, High-quality performance. Um, they play in Charlotte uh, Friday. Um, shouldn't be too tough, tough there. Then they play in Indy. Um, but the real big one is starting next week at Chicago, at Golden State, at Phoenix, at Denver. Um, then they come home to play run. the Mavs and Luke. Well, better, right. Hey, better avoid shotgun willies. I'll tell you that. You got <laughs> to be ready to roll when you see the Joker now. That's a big game. Listen, I mean, cost of admission to shotgun was apparently pretty high. I mean, geez. Um, quality security cameras. Uh, you're always protected there. Um, obviously, those three games at Golden State, at Phoenix, at Denver. I don't think Durant will be back for that game at Phoenix. But nonetheless, it's a high-profile opportunity Saturday mm-hmm. night game. Um, so, Bontemps, I know you're going to be on part of this trip. Um, the Sixers... Uh, as we stand at the moment, uh, I think Boston might play tonight, but Boston has a one game lead on them. They are tied in the loss column. So essentially they're tied. 
Neither um, team, neither team plays today, and they're tied in the loss column. Okay, so the uh, the Sixers have two fewer wins, so technically they're behind. But you know, the loss column is what is controllable. Um, you can't get rid of losses; you can add more wins. Um, the Celtics are still on the West Coast. They play at the Blazers on Friday, then a back to back in Utah. That's historically vicious. Back to back in Utah, coming off the West Coast, historically vicious. Uh, then they go play the beam lighters um, before they finish this trip. I, I, I uh, don't know how motivated the Jazz are to <clears throat> win at this point, but go fair on. Fair point, but still second night of a back-to-back. Yeah. Saturday night, the Jazz for decades have feasted on Eastern Conference teams on Saturday mm-hmm. nights coming off the West Coast on back-to-backs. My point is that the Celtics aren't exactly uh, being impressive recently. Um, they completely blew a game to the Cavs last week. Um, lost to the Rockets uh, in not impressive fashion. Uh, they squeezed past the Timberwolves Wednesday night with a controversial end. Um, it was a win, and it should be recognized any road win is a win, but it was not an impressive performance. So, Bontemps, these are the teams you're around all the time. Um, this is a race that is interesting. Uh, and obviously, potential second-round series and home court on the line. Um, where where are you at with these two teams right now? Yeah, I mean to start with the Celtics. I mean since the All Star break, they're six and five after that win on Wednesday. They're thirteenth in offense. They're fourteenth in defense. They're an average team, and they've been playing like an average team. And you know they they've really, if you go back to even if you go back to uh, early December when they got off to that incredible start, and then went to Phoenix for you know that game against the Suns when they got. Um, when things started to start going the other way, I mean, since then they just, they have been, um, 17th in offense since then. And they're third in defense, even after this dip, but still like they've been an average offensive team now for the better part of three months. They haven't been, um, you know, they haven't been the same team. They were the couple, first couple months of the year when they were hitting a ton of shots mm-hmm. and the way they play and the way Joe Missoula wants them to play, they're. You talked about D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley being high variance players. The Celtics are a high variance team. They're trying to take as many threes as possible every game. When their threes go in, they look amazing. And when their threes don't go in, there's not a lot of a plan B. And you could attribute some of this to injuries. Robert Williams has been out. He's a critical piece for them. Marcus Smart has been dealing with nagging ankle issues all year. Jalen Brown has missed time. I mean, Al Horford's sitting half of back-to-backs. There's, there's all sorts of stuff you can say, but... If you look over a pretty decent stretch of time now, Philadelphia's just playing better than them, and Milwaukee's playing vastly better than them. And if and you know you talk about the the Lakers losing positioning, to me the way the Celtics have played these past few weeks, they've allowed the, the Bucks to storm past them. Bucks are all but certain to be the one seed now, and I I just think they're the overwhelming favorites to win the East and the title because. That to me was Boston's chance was to have the one seed, mm-hmm. have home court again, and you know have that extra level of security going into that series against Milwaukee. They don't have that, and the Bucks are healthy. I just don't see how you can look at how the Celtics have played the past three months and say this team is going to be good enough to go into Milwaukee and win that series. Yeah, Marcus Smart just hasn't really been the same since he left with that injury. He was gone for how long? Maybe two, two, three weeks. There, he hasn't looked the same, and. Um, um, really the, the, the guy who's been most steady has been Derek white. Maybe Derek white has, I mean, he's been pretty good, Derek but, White's um, been awesome for them. Um, 
he's kind of the only guy who's gotten better as the season's gone along. I mean, Tatum and Brown have played well, but they haven't been as consistent as they were early in the season. And look, I mean, this was a team that was in first place from October through February, and they were in. For, they only got caught because Milwaukee basically has barely lost for two months. Um, I just, it's, it's not that they're like wheezing. It's just that their competition, Milwaukee and Philly are playing so well that the standard that you have to keep up to, you know, remain impressive is very, very high. And they've had a, a a tougher part of their schedule here as they're playing a bunch of road games as is Philly right now, but Philly's winning these road games. They went four and one. Philly had the toughest schedule in the league after the all-star break and they've been rolling along. That's right. Winning games. Beating right. just about everybody that's come in front of them. That's yeah, right. the, the Celtics have also done some wheezing. Like when you blow a twenty-eight point lead to the Brooklyn Nets, that that's wheezing. You know, when you, I mean, they've had, you know, uh, a few little three, you know, a little three-game losing streak, little, uh, you know, a couple little three-game losing streaks over the last couple months. Like they, they've been doing some wheezing. They haven't looked like like for, for the first half of the season they look like the best team in the NBA and mm-hmm. they have not played near that level. Well, and the other thing too, that's interesting about them is over the past two seasons. Now, Jason Tatum's a 35% three point shooter on nine attempts a game. Like I know he, he was in the three point contest. People look at him as a great shooter. Like he's over a pretty long period of time at this point, that's slightly below average where the league is at now. Yeah. Um, and, and that's on nine attempts a game. He's shooting 34% you know, 34.3% this year or seven, 34.7% this year and over nine attempts a game. Jalen Brown's taking seven. He's taking 33. He's shooting 33.8% on threes. So they're, those two guys are taking 17 threes a game, making 34% of them. That's below average. You know, that's, that sort of goes to what I'm talking about with the team as a whole. Like they're just, their offense is really predicated on shooting threes and, if they're not hitting threes, they don't have a lot of plan B's. It's kind of like Phoenix. They don't get to the line a lot. They don't, you know, they, they have to move the ball and score and hit open shots. And if they're not hitting open shots, Joe will kind of sit there and say, well, we got wide open shots, which I mean, he, they do get wide open shots, but if they're not going in, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Monty Williams went on a sort of a, a rant for him after Phoenix lost at home to the bucks uh, the other night complaining about their lack of free throw shooting versus um, versus Giannis. I mean, if Giannis is your control group, everybody's going to look bad. (laughs) Right. Because the only thing you can do on Giannis is foul him. It's the only smart play. So he's going to get a lot of free throws. Um, But one of the things that the, that the Suns are pointing to is that uh, Mikhail Bridges' free throw rate has like doubled basically since he's gone to Brooklyn. Yeah, because the they concept... allow him to do things with the ball and like <laughs> exactly like oh geez, I, I yeah, no doubt he's the focal point of the offense and he's attacking the basket on a regular basis instead of standing in the corner. And by the what way, a, what a weird development there. And by the way, just to point out some numbers in free throw attempt rate for the season, Milwaukee twenty first actually is a team, which is interesting given how often Giannis goes to the line. Boston twenty fifth, Brooklyn who obviously had Kevin Durant for most of the season, 27th, Phoenix, 28th. So these are teams that do not get to, you know, in particular, Boston and Phoenix. These are teams that just don't get to the foul line. They don't have players that are putting pressure on the rim and on the paint. Yeah, they've like got, these they've other got teams. great mid-range shooters, but you don't get fouled a lot on, on mid-range jump shots. And then 
you know, the, the biggest, I think, legitimate criticism of Aiton, other than you can talk about motor stuff, is that like, you know, he he's a finesse player around the basket despite being a chiseled seven footer. He's like, a guy he, that you would like. Yeah, he's a guy that you would think could get to the line just looking at him in ways yeah. like Joel and Giannis and some of these other guys do, and he just doesn't. Yeah, he, he doesn't. He doesn't try to bully guys. He he's he'll spin into uh you know a a, a jump. And he's got great touch, but it's like there's times where it's like, dude, rip the damn rim off, and you know get fouled in the process. By the way, DeAndre so, Ayton shooting three foul shots a game. Mikael Bridges in Phoenix was shooting three point one. There you go. The first game that Durant played with them was in Charlotte. They didn't shoot a free throw until the third quarter. And then that game in Dallas that McMahon and I were at a few days later, I think they shot two free throws in the first like 15 minutes. Maybe they had three. Um, So that's just, that's who they are. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Okay, so uh, John Morant, um, suspended by the league. Now, technically, the suspension was for eight games. I had a guy in the league tell me today, it's a two-game suspension. And I'm like, well, no, he didn't play. This I guy mean, in the league today the guy in the league today was like, he got one more game than Trey Lyles. And I was like, okay, that's not true. But he's like, look, yeah. if, you, if, you get, if you are injured, you yeah. don't get your suspension doesn't count until you're able to play again. And I'm like, okay. Um, they took his game checks from the games that he was going to miss anyways, is, is, and then tacked two games onto it. And then, you know, he probably is going to miss one more game. Hopefully I'm saying that because I don't want to spend all of next week in Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Taylor As Jenkins, implied, up return. Yeah. Taylor Jenkins implied he was not going to, he can return to the team on Monday. Taylor Jenkins implied he was not going to play that night. Um, Having said so, all that, this was this was, and obviously your the implication here is once again, uh, Adam Silver, who I will reiterate has got tremendous CEO potential, is soft on <laughs> crime or you know soft on discipline. Yeah, um, you know that that's the implication. I will say this: I don't know that I've seen a harsher statement coming from Adam Silver's desk than the one that. He issued here, um, starting like let the whole thing was, was it a real gun? Uh, you know all that crap. He, it, you know, it says holding a firearm in an intoxicated state. You know, so this whole thing. Well, was he? We can't prove he's drunk. No, he was. He was drunk with a gun on Instagram Live. They they established those facts right off the top, and then like. For Adam Silver, the quote, Jaws' conduct was irresponsible, reckless, and potentially very dangerous. Uh, yeah, you know, It also has serious consequences given his enormous following and influence, particularly among young fans who look up to him, blah, 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 sincere contrition, whatever. Um, learn from the incident. Eh. 
But he does say he understands his obligations and responsibilities to the Memphis Grizzlies and the broader NBA community extend well beyond his play on the court. For Adam Silver, that's that's a pretty strong statement. Um, so I thought the statement was was pretty firm. Uh, both the the quote and the uh, establishing the, the the facts here. You know, I hear what you're saying. It's basically two extra games, and I I do think that Ja realizes what he has put at risk, which is a step in the in the right direction. Um, having watched the uh, the interview that he did, and I don't want to delve too far into that. I didn't get the sense that there's going like that he thinks major changes are necessary, which I would. He said he feels great. Yeah. Well, some time in the Florida sun, you know, I think we'd all feel refreshed. Especially in the spring. Yeah. Um, my my viewpoint on this was um, the league saying it was strike two. That's that's what I took this away. Strike yeah. one was that uh, investigation with the Pacers um, where they suspended his friend. Um, they couldn't prove anything there, but obviously they didn't like no, they the could they, hold on. They could prove that there was first of all, the first thing was for everybody to see. His friend Devontae Pack walked onto the court like he was gonna fight the freaking pacers in the middle of the game. Okay. That's a fact. And it's insanely unacceptable. And then they could definitely prove that uh that Jaws buddies waited for the Pacers near the team bus, and there was a confrontation. They could prove there was a red laser pointed out of the SUV that Ja was riding in. They just couldn't prove that it was from a gun. So this, you know, Ja's thing, like, you know, they investigated that and found that nothing happened. What the hell are you talking about? There's a whole lot of things that happened there that are just ridiculously stupid. Right. But it goes to the bigger, you know, I don't want to delve too far into that exact situation, but the fact that he, he is, his friends felt comfortable, comfortable enough in the environment in Memphis to basically do whatever they wanted to do is also an indication of the direction here. So I kind of feel like that that was strike one. Mm -hmm. They let, they let him get away with that with a slap on the wrist being his, his friend suspended, which he complained about. Yes. Uh, vociferously, uh, this is strike two. So now you have gone into a new zone here and you're given a moderate suspension mm -hmm. and, you know, it's going to cost him seven figures and, you know, and, and honestly, he, it could cost him, it could cost him uh, about $40 million. It could cost him an all NBA spot and a super max uh, escalator. That is absolutely true. It's hard to frame that. Um, I, I think it would be hard for him to see him getting all NBA at this point not just because of the suspension, but because basically not because of like, as a result of the suspension, but because the, the competition for the guard spots is so high right. and the voters are already looking to kind of um, break ties, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And re regardless of what you think about it, if you're not available to your team for a self-inflicted situation like this, it affects your candidacy. That's just the only way you can say it. Right. He's suspended. The Aaron Fox is hitting game winners. Like, I'm sorry, but exactly. you know, yeah. So that I sort of said, think it's strike two. And and not only that, but you can see from the part of the release from Adam Silver that you just read that it's not just about his value to the Grizzlies. It's about how important he is to the NBA and the NBA's yeah. partners. And frankly, on a personal level, his own partners, Nike, Powerade, mm -hmm. you know, he's got some other endorsement deals. So 
really the question is going to be now what are his actions going forward? And if, if there is a strike three, I suspect that the uh, reaction will be much more significant than this. Um, he has had, well, an, he and he and the Grizzlies have had a, a, a turbulent couple of weeks, but they can get past it. The penalty yeah. on them is, is will not be lasting. Um, so it's, it's still, it's not superficial, but it's not significant. So now we'll see what happens from here. Well, and like we talk about on the pod, right? A lot, right? I mean, our, the motto on the pod is actions over words. And I thought the most interesting thing was the lead quote uh, that Josh said in that interview is the lead quote in McMahon's newser, which was honestly, I feel like we put ourselves in that situation, meaning people around him with our past mistakes. Now it's only right that we focus in and lock in on being smarter and more responsible, holding, holding each other accountable for everything. I feel like in the past, we didn't know what was at stake. And now finally me having that time to realize everything, have the time alone. I realize that now I realize what I have to lose. And for us as a group, what we have to lose, it's pretty much just being just that being more responsible, more smarter and staying away from all the bad decisions. If those, if those words are followed with actions that match those words, there won't be any issues. It's very simple. And if it isn't, there will be. So let's see what happens. I mean, he talks about past mistakes and then you ask him incident by incident and, and you know, I can't wait till I can tell the truth, but it's all lies. <laughs> you know, like he say, all these things people are lying about. I can't speak on it, stuff sealed, but you know, I, I wish I could tell the truth. It's like, well, again, let's, I, the, the, the let's actions see what happens more going impressive forward. than the words. I'll say that or more significant. And, and honestly, like, Hey, Grizzlies, you did a whole lot of la, 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 la. And, you know, the, oh, well, we talked to him. Man, you you were treading really lightly on these concerns for, for a while, okay? And so are you going to really hold this guy accountable or, you know, or, or are you going to, you know, just coddle? Because there's been a lot of coddling. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm a little bit worried that this whole thing is all just one giant layer of public relations because you think um, the, 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 the video was so bad that it required a maneuver from jaw. It required a maneuver from the Grizzlies It required a maneuver from the NBA. And, you know, the story coming out that jaw was in counseling and then he's asked about it and he says he was getting recce and anxiety breathing techniques you know, I wasn't there, so I don't know, but that hit a little funny. I'm, I tell you um, what, I'm gonna look into this recce stuff. Well, anyway, let's see what happens. I think it was, did you know what it was before yesterday? I still I heard it, I had heard of it before, but I did have to look it up. I didn't know what it was. Um, but the other thing I will say, treatment will keep you out of the uh keep you from handling firearms in a strip club at three something in the morning. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to, it's not my end of the business. Um, I, I will say that I know that the story about him getting counseling came out like two days before this, but I'm not sure. I think some people were assuming, Oh, he only had one. No, he'd been, he'd been there. He says he woke up that morning and initiated that. I'm not certain that he's the one who initiated that, but he'd, he had been yeah. there. We just weren't able to get it to, you know, yes. that's one of those. You you can't be 99.9% sure. You have to have 100% confirmation. Yeah. Before you and Woj had that yeah. story. I think, was it on Monday? Monday? Uh, yes, Monday. 
when the Grizzlies were in Dallas. But yeah, he'd been there for you know whatever it was over. I think over a week by then. Yeah. So I just I just I have noticed people reacting like, oh, we had a day and a half of counseling, and now he's you know ready to come back. That I don't think that's accurate either. I think he he deserves more credit than that. So, um, all right. Well, uh, off to Albany. On Sunday night when we do the pod, McMahon, will I be doing it from Bontemps' apartment in New York, or will I be doing it from this seat with Kent out? We will... I figured you'd be doing it from some penthouse suite with the the way that you roll. What the the Ritz doesn't have a room for you? What what's going on? Listen, the Bontemps uh, guest suite has been prepared. I am told. So really? I'm, well, he yes. just he just had the plumber come, so that's a good sign. That's that's <laughs> true. That's part of why the plumber was here. <laughs> We could go a lot of different ways with that, but we won't. Uh, <laughs> even that could be self-deprecating on me. All right. Uh, thank you, Jackson. Thank you to our new public, rela- our new official uh, public relations uh, address, public PA address man. <laughs> and uh, it's not PR, it's PA. Not PR. We don't do PR on this podcast. Thank you to Bontemps and McMahon. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Adios, amigos. <laughs>